rates like up to 120 bucks off tires and 100 off brakes. Stop in and the good folks at Midas will fill you in on all the details. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. At Brackleton's, we like to bring something new to the menu every few months, and it's that time again. So let's talk about one of our new dishes, ravioli, Brackleton style. Cheese ravioli and Brackleton's house-made red wine marinara, locally made Sackett's pork sausage, and topped with shaved Italian Asiago cheese. The best of the best out west, Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits on Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Is it time to get down on one knee and ask her for her hand? At Legacy Diamond and Gems, finding her dream engagement ring just got easier. Legacy offers hundreds of styles in the store or explore their website for inspiration. Looking for a gorgeous and unique engagement ring? Legacy's in-house jewelers can bring your ideas to life with original craftsmanship and quality second to none. Legacy Diamond and Gems, downtown Sheridan, online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. <laughs> it's radio. No subscription required. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. Brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning, I am joined in the studio by the mayor of Claremont, Wyoming, Mayor Chris Schock. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. Now, uh, you've been the mayor of Claremont before, haven't you? This this isn't your first rodeo. No. No, I was uh, mayor four years ago. Um, at that time, I stepped down as mayor. I ran for county commissioner, which I ran against 10 people, and it turned into a beauty queen contest. Um, and then um, I was asked uh, by Mike Madden in Buffalo to run against Richard Tass as an independent. And um, so I got the required signatures that I needed, and I got in that race over there. Um, And I was unsuccessful in that race too. But, um, well, I shouldn't say unsuccessful. I met a lot of people, and I really enjoy meeting people and uh, getting out and talking to them and um, hearing their concerns from the state of Wyoming and, you know, concerns in their um, um, hometowns and everything. And, you know, it was enjoyable. So really it wasn't unsuccessful. I met a lot of people and it was great. Yeah, the election process itself, campaigning, getting out there, did it give you a a better feel for the concerns of individuals around the area? Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, some of the concerns I heard were, off the wall, everything from gold mining and the bighorns to, yeah, uh, you know, and I, but, you know, it, it was interesting. I, you never think that people have concerns about permits on gold mining and the bighorns, and I never realized that, yeah. you know, you 
you see gold rush on TV and you think it's all on Alaska, but bighorns, um, you know, gold mining up there. Yeah. Yeah, not a whole lot that I would uh, uh, think about gold mining up in the Bighorn. Now, since the last time you were mayor and and now, how much has changed in in being mayor of Claremont? Um, You know, not much. You know, I I started June 1st is when I took office and – it just seems like I haven't missed a beat at all. You know, uh, the four years that I was off, I was still um, involved, um, you know, talking with the uh, the past mayor and everything, and he, he would um, ask me for advice and stuff like that. Um, so I stayed um, involved uh, with the town. Um, you know, last summer we had an um, emergency water line project. Yeah. Uh, and um you know it it helps that I have um the governor's cell phone numbers on my speed dial, and I was able to uh directly talk with Mark Gordon and get that all going for the emergency slip loan yeah um and yeah, that was um we got that going and got that all done and everything and uh it turned out good you're you're pleased with the results of uh, all that effort then. yeah yes yeah yep. everything's working the way it's supposed to out there now right yeah <laughs> we still got water <laughs> <laughs> thank god now um tell us a little bit about yourself uh, where were you originally born uh, you know i was uh, originally born in billings but i was raised in sheridan um working on ranches uh, around sheridan as i grew up i graduated from tongue river high school way back when i you know i 1977, and I tell younger people that, and they kind of look at me like, (laughs) different world. You're ancient. Yeah, different (laughs) world. Um, You know, and then uh, directly after I graduated from high school, I went in the Air Force. Oh, Oh, how long did you serve in the Air Force? 20 years. You did a full 20 years. Yep. Now, um, what was your job within the force itself? I was uh, aircraft maintenance, um, specifically the fuel systems on... uh, uh, C-130s, 141s, uh, KC-135s. Ah, C-130s. I love that Hercules. <laughs> yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, she is She is really fun to ride in. Uh, <laughs> just the best way to describe it is imagine a flying cargo truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very little comfort, but uh, it's certainly an adventure when you're in there, isn't it? Right, and it's a tough, tough airplane. Oh, those birds can take uh, quite a bit of action. Yes. Uh, I was uh, flying into uh, a part of southern Iraq when they did one of their uh, – it's, it's not an emergency landing. It's it's like a – I guess you could say a preventative landing. It, it catches you by surprise. Uh-huh. It's a certain technique – that the pilots used to get you on the ground uh, with possible RPG fire. Okay, man, Quick. it shifts you right out of your seat. So uh, stay buckled up. Now, how were you raised? Uh, is it more like a, a ranch style uh, yes. background? Yes, and, a lot um, of ag in your life. Right. You know, I can remember um, um, being eight or nine years old, stacking small square bales at a penny a bale. Oh. At that time, I thought it was big money. <laughs> you were earning it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, um, a lot of summer stacking hay, um, moving cows up the mountains, um, you know, just everyday uh, ranch life. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it was, um, it, you know, I played football at Tongue River, too, and uh, the coaches never worried about um, the kids working out in the summertime because they knew we were going to be stacking hay and stuff like that. And that was our workout. Um, You know, uh, with the weather the way it is now, it'd be a great year to stack hay. But now they've got all big round bales and big square bales and everything's done with machinery. So, Yeah, so now they got to hit the gym. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you were in the service, how how far away did you go? Where was your uh, favorite duty station? Um, You know, I was... um, stationed in McCord for um, 12 years um, right after um, um, 9-11 broke out. Uh Um, I ended up over in Afghanistan at Kabul uh, working out of a warehouse there. Um, So I was there for a time and then uh, back stateside and uh, um, 
all over, uh, you know, and um, yeah, Tacoma, flown into Great Falls a couple times, flown into Alaska, um, just flew all over yeah. the world. What the what was your favorite plane when you were in? C one thirty. No, see, yeah, we share that. Now, when the the, the the decision came down that you were going to run for mayor again. Uh-huh. What led to that? What chain of thinking got you to the point where you said, you know what, I'm going to go in again and uh, and, and do this job one more time? There's some projects I'd like to see finished up in Claremont. And um, um, obviously with the, the COVID and everything, everything was put on hold. Um, it, and I'd like to see those projects finished up. Um, we've got more water lines to replace. Um, we've got, um, you know, we've got other things that I'm concerned about, you know, housing and um, um, main things, getting the infrastructure up. Because when I do something, I think 50 years down the road. Yeah. How's it going to benefit people 50 years down the road? And um, I want to ensure in my mind that Claremont will be there 50 years down the road. Yeah, yeah. Now, for those who don't know, uh, we've got a new a lot of new individuals in the area. How big is Claremont? Right now we're 150 people. At one time, Claremont used to be um, 250, almost 300 people. Um, had a couple of banks there. Um, Couple bars there, of course. There's a bar in every Wyoming every town. Every little Wyoming town, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it, it it was it was thriving. Uh, Claremont is right in the middle of Gillette, Sheridan, and Buffalo. Yeah. We're right in the middle, and um, you know, um, I've always thought of Claremont as a bedroom community. Um, you know, it'd be a great people place for people to. Um, live and they could drive to Sheridan, Buffalo, or Gillette for employment. Yeah, yeah, kind of an ancillary area. Yeah, uh, something that's a, a little bit more than just your average neighborhood. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, separate town, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we return. We'll continue with the mayor of Claremont. This is Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. You know, it doesn't take years of experience poring over spreadsheets of other people's money to figure out that Wyoming doesn't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem, and that's our money. Additionally, all of that experience is meaningless if your representative doesn't have a genuine conservative perspective and a backbone. I'm Ken Pendergrass. I'm a combat veteran because I chose to be. Married 40 years because I choose to be, and promises are meant to be kept. I'm a preacher because I'm called to be, and I'm a conservative Republican because I value those ideals that made this country great. This message is paid for by the committee to elect Ken Pendergraft to House District 29. I am Ken Pendergraft, and I'm asking for your vote on August 16. I approve this message, and you should too. The election boundaries have been redrawn to comply with 2022 legislation, and these changes may have affected your voting precinct, polling place, House and Senate districts, or school district. If you received a blue card in the mail, please check it for changes that have affected you. If you have moved or have questions, don't wait until the August 16th primary election to ask. Call the Sheridan County Election Office today at 674-2515. That's 674-2515. Or email elections at sheridancountywy.gov. 
Now's the time to start those projects you've been dreaming about. Excavation, landscaping, or home improvement. Wagner Ranch Services has the materials. Wagner Ranch Services carries many types of gravel, scoria, topsoil, and landscaping products. Check out Wagner's landscaping display where you can view a variety of landscaping materials that can be picked up from the yard or delivered. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane, 307-752-2787. Open Monday through Friday from 7 to 5. I'm talking with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. Did you know that Honda has the best gas mileage of any national brand? Oh, that's huge these days. It definitely is, and it's no secret that new cars are hard to find. So Honda's offering more peace of mind when buying used. The Honda Certified Warranty comes with extended powertrain coverage, a free oil change, and 90 days of Sirius XM Radio. Now discover the best way to buy used at Sheridan Honda. Stop in today. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our buddies over there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and with me this morning is the mayor of Claremont, Wyoming, Mr. Mayor Chris Schock. Now, Mr. Mayor, there. Uh, what are a few of the capital construction projects that are planned out of Claremont? Uh, before we took a commercial break, you said that that was one reason why you wanted to return to the seat. Um. I've already talked to the engineers. They're already figuring prices up. But um, I uh, finishing the water lines on the west side of the town or the east side of the town, and then <clears throat> getting a raw water system for the residents so they can water their yards. Um, currently, our water out there is pretty high in um, uh, sodium and fluoride, and it's not really conducive for growing green lawns. Um, so I'd like to get a raw, raw water system in, um, somewhat like Dayton has. Um, so they're working on that. Um, I gave them three op- or four options to look at trying to get the raw water there. Um, one option is bringing it out of the ditch. Um, we have a, a, the Paris Frat ditch that goes uh, through the town there and we currently water the um, town parks and greenways with that water and those um, thrive real well because it's ditch water. And um, then, uh, you know, I talked about we have a lagoon system for our sewer system and the third settling pond is um, pretty well settled out and it's, you know, almost regular water. So I talked about pumping it out of that uh, to the uh, into the system. Um, talked about uh, an offshoot of the ditch um, to go above uh, west of town there. Um, I've also talked about maybe drilling a shallow well. Um, and speaking of wells, currently um, when I was in office, we um, I had a water well, uh, well number three, drilled. And they're currently in the process of going to hook that into our system. So we'll have uh, three water wells um, that will provide uh, drinking water for the town. Um, one of our wells, well number one, is starting to de- deplete. Um, it's been in existence for 45 years, so um, it's starting to go down. Um, so this uh, third well that we'll put online will help um, make it so that well number one won't deplete completely. Um, you know, and uh, w- with this ARP money that's out there, um, I got our name on the list for, you know, even extending town hall. Uh, making it bigger and um, just projects like that, you know, you know, they say gold for gold because that money's out there. It's a one-time deal money. I've also talked with uh, uh, Governor Gordon, and him and I both agree that this money's a one-time deal, so we need to use it as wisely as possible because when the money's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Um, um, I, I do realize that... Um, there's other towns that have their hands out opened up. So 
um, yeah, I'm trying to get us in the forefront so we um, get as much money as we can. Um, there used to be a running joke around the state of Wyoming that if you walked into a SLIB meeting and the mayor of Claremont was there, might as well turn around and walk out because he's getting the money. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Good. Well, I mean, to some extent that's good because, uh, I mean, when you sit down to prepare a budget, uh, especially from, you know, the difference being, like, I talk to a lot of mayors of larger towns and cities. What is that process like for you uh, in a small town? Well, in a small town, in larger towns, they've got sales tax that they collect from. We only have one convenience store, so there's not much sales tax there. So in a town of Claremont right now, we depend on that direct distribution money that um, comes from the state. If that money was to go away, I'd be cutting my budget by 40%. My goodness. So we really depend on that money. Um, cap tax money and the one cent optional money, um, uh, the cap tax money we depend on for infrastructure and the one cent optional money we depend for on infrastructure and operation costs. So, you know, and when I was mayor before on the cap tax money, I didn't take what I got and use it on one project. I leveraged that money to go after grants, matching grants. And I'm going to have to do the same with the cap tax money that I'm getting uh, because it's a 25% match on uh, getting grants from the state for um, infrastructure and stuff like that. Um, also, this ARP monies can be used for uh, safety um, in a municipality. And um, I'd like to see a deputy stationed out there in Claremont. Um, I know there's been some deputies expressed interest on um, living out in Claremont. It'd be great to have a presence of a deputy in town. Uh, granted, they can't um, uh, enforce uh, the ordinances, but um, just the presence yeah. would help. Yeah, kind of a community policing effort. Right. Uh, yep. Now, um, I often talked uh, with uh, Sheriff Thompson and Under Sheriff uh, Dominguez uh -huh. about uh, their meetings that they have out there at Claremont. Uh, do you feel that the communication lines between Claremont and the sheriff's office are, are as open as they can be? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, you know, in every council meeting we have, a deputy comes out, and I always ask him, is there anything major going on and that we need to know about? And also, um, they all have my phone number, so, yeah. you know, if something's going on, they'll usually give me a call and let me know what's up. Now, when you sit down to prepare your budget, you and I uh, spoke briefly at the commercial break. Uh, you don't, your staff isn't that large. No. Uh, being out there, Claremont, you don't really need one. Mm. But you have had an advantage with the maintenance uh, over the last couple of years, and that's kind of coming to an end, isn't it? Yes. I, my current maintenance guy, he, he's a retired Navy um, guy out, and um, he's going to be retiring full-time in a year. He gave me a year notice. <laughs> He's a good guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, w with our budget, we're not able to offer benefits or anything. Um, you know, currently the maintenance guy works 32 hours a week. Um, my clerk works 20 hours a week um, and no benefits. So, it's really hard filling those positions. Um so we're going to be advertising. Um, the advertisement will go out. I'll, I'll advertise statewide, and I may have to go nationwide yeah. to advertise because um, it's a challenge to uh, find someone to come to Claremont to work and housing for them and everything like that. It, it's a real challenge. Um, you know, the, the town may have to get creative. We, 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 may, have to, um, we may have to provide housing. Form. I, I don't know what the future As an incentive to bring someone in. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I often um, um, joke with the um, 
school district out there that if they hire a new teacher, they got to make sure their spouse can work for the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They need something to do? Yeah. <laughs> Bring them in, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Mayor, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, we've run out of time, but okay. uh, uh, I'd love to have you back. Anytime okay. you'd like. Uh, Claremont is a beautiful little town. Well, thank and, you. And I think, uh, you know, having you on talk about it kind of brings like a reality to individuals. You guys just had Claremont days. And before yes. we go, uh, how did that turn out? Was that it turned out great. Um, uh, I would say probably about 80 to 100 people showed up. Um, it was a free lunch. Uh, we served Buffalo Burgers. It was donated by um, Powder River Energy. And... Um, as you can imagine, there was a lot of uh, political candidates there, so yeah. it, it was all right. There was a lot of vendors in the park too, and um, it, it was it was a great time. How did the soapbox derby turn out? I, good. I, I'm not sure who won. I, <laughs> I got there at the tail end, and um, but I think they had a list on uh, shared media of who won and everything. So it's uh, it's you know I love the fact that we can still have little things like that. And how American is a soapbox derby race? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for coming in today. Okay, thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll speak with Wyoming House of District 51 Representative Cyrus Western. This is Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE. 103.9 FM. There it is. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. This is Alicia Cox with Harker Mellinger, LLC. Since 1983, Harker Mellinger has been a leading accounting firm in Sheridan. We are here to help you succeed in your business and provide services which are customized to meet your financial needs and allows you to spend more time managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. 672-0785 in Sheridan. Harker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. I'm Michelle Hart from Cody, Wyoming. Last year, my husband, Tim, was on a wildland fire down in New Mexico, and he was injured um, parachuting into the fire, and he unfortunately passed away uh, nine days later. Shortly after he died, I actually went to D.C. and asked to meet with Liz. We had a very intense and emotional conversation about these issues. Liz was really surprised when I was telling her about the issues of homelessness, pay disparity. She really wanted to do something about that. Those words were followed up with action. I just really enjoyed the, of getting to work with her and having her supporting Tim's Act in the House and really pushing and putting pressure on legislators to be able to do something to fix these issues that are really critical to the public safety. She's a true fighter on their behalf, and I look forward to continuing to get to work with her until these issues are fully resolved, and I know I have her commitment in doing that. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. Chase for Liz Cheney for Wyoming. The rodeo is part of who we are. It's our history, our identity. But boy, this is not your granddaddy's rodeo anymore. The Y.O. is bigger, better, and bolder. Larger purses, tougher competition, and a whole lot of family fun. Come for the World Champion Indian Relay Races, high-stakes BRCA action, and a warm welcome unlike anywhere else in the world. you got to be here to feel it. Get your tickets at SheridanYORodeo.com. Buying an extended vehicle contract from Hammer Chevrolet has always been official, especially if you're looking to keep your vehicle for a long time, Craig Baker. Bob, there are a lot of scams out there when it comes to extended warranties for your vehicle. Come in and sit down and let's put together a well-thought-out extended contract that works for you. Give yourself peace of mind when you're on the road. An extended contract from Hammer Chevrolet will give you peace of mind when you're on the road this summer. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Downs, online, HammerChevy.com. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. 
I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Now, due to the census results, the state of Wyoming redistrict the borders of representation within the state. One of the key players in that process and running for re-election this year, I am joined by House District Representative Mr. Cyrus Western. Good morning, Mr. Western. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks so much, Floyd, for having me back. Now, how have you been? Been good. Been quite busy, but uh, good. You know, I'm, uh, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary of marriage yesterday. Oh, congratulations. So, <coughs> congratulations. I haven't gotten thrown out of the house yet. <laughs> Sleeping in the dog yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Still so far, inside. Still yeah. inside. You know, between that work and, and, and legislative and campaign stuff, I just don't have a ton of free time. But things are good. The, uh, the Bighorn Trail Run was this past weekend. Out in Dayton, Michelle puts on an excellent job out there. She has an amazing crew of volunteers, and I was just lucky to help out a little bit. So uh, things have been busy, but good. Now, do you do you run? Uh, no, as a matter of fact. Uh, and it was it was really inspiring because one of the categories is the hundred mile oh, my race. Goodness, yeah. They started at nine a.m. on Friday morning, and they were rolling in Saturday afternoon. Uh, and there was a, and they do it by age category, 20 to 29, you know, 30 to 39, et cetera. And there was one category, 60 to 69. Wow. And there was a woman who ran, she was like 62, 63, I think, and she ran 100 miles, and she completed it. And she ran the whole time. <laughs> what I, an inspiration. Just, it was incredible. And I, I was emceeing the awards, and I just said, I, I can't run one mile, let alone 100 of them. <laughs> But uh, yeah. it was very inspiring. Well, that's fantastic. It's all, I mean, yeah, there are folks from all across the country, multiple countries. And there's, I think, a third or so of the runners, a quarter to a third, are local folks. Sheridan, Johnson, you know, Campbell, Natrona counties. Like, there are Wyoming people there. So it's and a good mix. My wife's a runner. And, you know, she's she once told me that she gets into, like, this meditative state. Right. You know, you, you, it, it's really good for her mental health. She right. Says, you know? And right. I don't know how people do that because in the service I had to keep up on my physical prowess and so I had to run every now and then. And for me, it's not meditative. Right. It's absolute torture. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, there's this thing called meditation. I just call it sleep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, me. it is a campaign year for you. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you gear up your campaign? Is there, a, like, a, a process that you like to go through or anything? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it really – it just starts with – you can spend all the money on mailers or digital or radio or whatever, but I think it really, at the core of your campaign, has to be you out there in your district talking to folks, showing up to events, you know, the Bighorn Trail Run, obviously, you know, go up and, see, and seeing folks there, you know, showing up to the town council meetings, those kind of things. It, it's the old Wayne, Gretz, uh, Wayne Gretzky quote, you want to skate to where the puck's going to be. Mm -hmm. Not where it's at, right? You can't sit there and expect people just to call you and, and talk to you. You got to go and, and skate to where the puck is going to be and, and meet the voters where they are. Uh, so that's that's my my general approach. Um, and obviously, you can get more nuanced and detailed than that. But at a broad level, that's kind of my thought process. Now, you're also a sportsman, mm -hmm. and so big time. When your summer months, what do you like to consume? It's kind of tough because summer months is, you know, that's time to be, you know, shooting your bow and scouting and all that stuff. So I'm going to have to be sacrificing some of that uh, just because it's campaign season. you got to prioritize. But luckily the primary is before September. So I get a nice little respite right after that, and I get to go chase off in the mountains. So I'm, yeah. I'm very, very excited. So Now, when was the instant uh, you decided, I'm going to run for re-election? And, and what led you to to make that decision? I, I, I mean, I always knew, obviously, that this is something I really enjoy doing, and it's incredibly fulfilling work. There are obviously moments where it can be really frustrating and, and, and discouraging, but on the balance, it's an incredibly rewarding thing to be a part of. That you are, I mean, that be a big part, 
which you are playing a part in a process that has been evolving over thousands of years since you know, the times of ancient Athens when they had basically a version of, the, of our house where you have a bunch of members, you, know, you have hundreds of members that are allowed to vote. That process then put forward and you know, it got refined in Rome with the Senate and you know, an, an executive-type branch, even if that was an emperor that was not elected. But this is something that has been an evolution for thousands of years. And I think once you understand that process and the insane bloodshed that has been wrought over that time frame to enable this process to happen so that we can have free and fair elections, so that we can choose our leaders, have peaceful transition to power. Once you understand that, it's like, whoa. I, I feel that obligation where I, I have to you know, go for it. I have to, to participate because the price of not is too high. And it's so many people have sacrificed so much centuries before my time to enable this to happen too, so that this can happen. And so that's a, a really big thought for me. And so that's always in the back of my mind. And that's why I, I'm running for reelection at a big scale. And obviously bring it down to the Wyoming level. There's lots of important issues that are going on, you know, property taxes, which I know we'll talk about here in a bit. There's things regarding sportsmen that I want to get done. Um, you know, our state's economic future, there's some question marks there. There are some, yeah. some big problems uh, out there that need to be worked on. And, and I would much rather be in the field taking the blows but trying to move the ball downfield versus in the stands cheering and jeering. That's my approach. Yeah, watching watching the process get done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I, what is the the part of being a representative that you enjoy the most? Aside from just being part of the whole process of of getting things done, um, you know, there's some great people I work with who are very smart, who are very motivated, who are incredible, uh, incredibly knowledgeable about the state, about how our state works at the most fundamental levels. Working with them is is a really awesome thing and very rewarding. You're getting legislation through. The process is designed to intentionally uh, have a lot of bills fail. And that's good because you want to, in theory, you want to make sure that, that the best ideas make it all the way through. You know, from the time a bill is, is filed for introduction, the time it makes the governor's desk, there are nine opportunities for that bill to fail. Nine. And that's good because it allows multiple opportunities for critical questions to be asked. If there is critique, if there are improvements. So when you do get something through that process, you know, you feel like you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. climbing that mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's a small, you know, relatively inconsequential bill, it's still a big deal. You know, like the one I got done for sportsmen that increased public access and, and funding for wildlife crossings and those things. Man, it's, you know, there, there, were no, there wasn't a stadium full of people cheering me on, but it still felt really good uh, to actually do that and say, hey, I improved something. Maybe not by a ton, but at least a little bit. I got to move the ball downfield. And so. that's kind of part of government, isn't it? And it's something Absolutely. that a lot of people need to understand, that it's it's not going to be a big, you know, the 100-yard throw every time. It's if you can get a yard first down, by yard. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big deal. Um, yeah. So that's uh, it, it, it's a really, really rewarding thing when you do get something done. Um, and we've got a caller right now. Go ahead, caller. You're on Public Pulse. Yes, good morning, uh, Mr. Western. I have a question for you, and I think you might be going to hit on it a little later, but it has to do with property tax evaluation. And the Revenue Committee for the House had a bill sponsored by, I believe, Mr. Jennings and uh, also Mr. Beitman, which would have brought to the attention of the legislature property tax evaluation, and as you are aware, I'm sure, uh, many people have been quite shocked at the uh, fair market uh, sales ratio, CAMA, appraisal of their property. Right. So you voted against that, against bringing forward an examination of that, perhaps a change. Right. As I understand it, I will get off the phone if you would care to address the reason why you voted against it. You must have familiarity with the bill. Thank sure. You. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Vicki, for calling. I'm actually really glad you asked that question. So that was a study bill. And what a study bill is, is it's simply directing the legislature and its staff to put together a study, kind of just a research paper on this particular topic. And it was about the, since we're on the property, the topic of property taxes, it was a study bill about the shifting from market-based property taxes to acquisition-based. Wouldn't have actually done anything. It just would have been a study bill. 
I, I voted no because it's like, all right, we don't need to study this. We just need to do it. And so that was my rationale. And I know there are some folks who are out there, you know, coming at me or, or you know, flinging mud at me over that vote. And, and by all means, go for it. But the reason I voted no is because it's like, let's not study this. Let's just do it. Let's actually put together legislation that actually enables this shift to acquisition-based and, and get it into law. So that that was my thought process behind that. What would that change? So <clears throat> without boring your audience to death, the way property taxes are assessed is basically this. If you live in a neighborhood and all of a sudden there are homes that go up for sale and that are purchased at a certain price, that in theory raises the price uh, of all the homes in that neighborhood. In a sense, that's good for you because your net worth has gone up because your home is worth more. On paper, your net value has increased, and that's good. The problem lies when it comes time to be assessed because your taxes are based off what it could sell for on the open market. Not what it was purchased for. Right. At the open market at that time. And so that's why you're seeing the amount people are paying go up and up and up every year. And people are really upset. And I fully share their concern because the last couple of years, home prices in Sheridan have just gone sky high. They were never cheap, but especially coronavirus, it really put property values through through the roof. And so... What I think is is a good idea is going from that market-based approach, the market value of your home, to the acquisition-based approach, meaning on the first year you bought your home, if you're paying 1000 bucks in property taxes, that's what you're going to pay so long as you live and, and, and live in and own that home. The day comes when you sell it, whether it's three years or 30, when you do sell it, the next buyer jumps into a higher property tax bracket, but they're going to continue to pay that rate the duration of their ownership. Again, when they sell it, it jumps into a new one. But the idea is that there are, there will not be and there cannot be any kind of these sudden spikes that we've seen of 20%, 30%, 40%, some are even 50% increases year over year in the amount they're paying on property taxes. So that's the idea. I think it's pretty fair. I think it's it, it, it really gives that stability that I think citizens need. And then the other problem is this. You pay your property taxes once a year. And so let's say if your bill is five grand in November, you gotta go down to the treasurer's office and stroke a check for five grand. And you know, there are some folks out there who you know can do that. And that's good for them. However the majority of us yeah, cannot do yeah, that. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of, especially if you're living on social security on sixteen hundred bucks a month. That's a really serious financial burden that you're incurring. So the other thing I'd like to see is perhaps transitioning to where we're only paying that same way as the mortgage, a little bit every month. And so you're caught up for that year, you know, breaking it out into 12 months, which makes it a little bit easier, I think, for folks versus just having to take this really big hit to your wallet every November. You can break that up into two. I think the second payment's in May, but I think still spreading it out over 12 months is a lot easier than doing it in one hit or, or two. So that's yeah. kind of my thought. Even $2,500 at a, at, a, at a pop. Is, is considerable amount of funds for a lot of individuals. Yeah, again, there's folks who are living on Social Security on 1600 bucks a month. You know, if they have to go down and write a check for, for $1,500, that's, that's an entire month's worth of income, poof, gone. Yeah. And they got to figure out a different plan. And now, so, what are the problems uh, that face a, a tax system like this? I mean, uh, we could say, well, that would greatly reduce the revenue right. uh, coming right. in. The, the reason I like the moving to acquisition base is this. There are other options on the table for sure. The county could draw less mills. I think they take 12 mills, I want to say. You might have to fact check me on that number. You know, the city could take less mills as well, uh, which I think is eight or nine. Uh, you'd have to fact check me. But, you know, there, that could create issues. You've got conservation districts. Uh, you've got all these, you know, the school, school districts. They take a bunch of mills. I think 24, 25. So that is an option. I think we should at least discuss it to really fully vet the idea. Um, but I think the, the one way that can ensure that, that you know, the, the lowering tide lowers all ships is through this acquisition-based approach uh, and transitioning to that. Um, I, I, I think there's something I've been working on in, in um, staying in communication with the county and the city to have this conversation with them too and saying, hey, we've got this problem that we've got to work on. We have lots of options of how to address it, but I think we need to talk about that and what options work best for you as a county or you as a conservation district or you as the city because we got to do something. 
let's at least try to work on the same page or work together to come up with a, a mutually agreed upon solution so we can help folks out. Absolutely. We've got another caller. Go ahead, caller. You are on Public Pulse. Go ahead, caller. Nope, looks like we may have lost them. So during the redistricting process, uh, can you explain what your district looks like now? Did yours change? It did change a little bit. Yep. Some of the neighborhoods in town that I had, I no longer have. Some of the ones near Kendrick Park are now in uh, House District 29, which is currently Mark Kinner's district. Uh, I no longer have story in my district. And the reason I lost them is this. Your districts need to be within a certain population range. Not necessarily an exact number, but within a pretty tight range. And if you go over or under that range, you are outside of deviation, is the, is the term that we were using this past session. And so because my district is Bighorn, it's Story, or what was Story, you know, it's Ranchester, Dayton, the Tongue River Valley, um, you know, out towards Big Goose, the places people want to live in Sheridan. And so my district gained about 1,000 people or so over the last 10 years. So I needed to shed about 1,000 people into somebody else's district. And so that came in the form of Story, which is, you know, right around 800, 900-ish people, depending, you know, if you're including seasonal residents. Um, so some of those folks went into the Johnson County District, which is Barry Crago's district. Um, and, again, I did shed some of these neighborhoods here in town uh, to Mark Kinner's district. So Now, you all work together mm-hmm. uh, up here, uh, which was fantastic to see, and yep. that's just my opinion. But it was great to see it was a bunch awesome. of the representatives come together and Everybody really was discuss great. this. Yep. Now, uh, but the state kind of had some issues with the way that you guys wanted to get this done. Can you explain to folks how you guys managed to pull that off? Yeah, so uh, my priority, any legislator's priority is first and foremost is to serve your district and to do what's best for the people who live in your district. That can kind of get messy on a given issue when we're all working together in Cheyenne trying to get stuff done. And so there was some spirited debate about deviations and how if you adjusted the deviation, say, in in northeast part of Wyoming, that might actually have an impact on some of the districts in southwest Wyoming because you got to make sure you're balanced across the entire state. Like shifting a puzzle while you're building it. Yeah, very much so, actually. That, that's a really good analogy. So there was some pretty spirited debate we have, but I think in the end, and I think this is the most important thing, we were able to come together, find a solution that we could be pretty much on target where we needed to be and have everybody's concerns addressed. And so in that case, that meant um, the, the story district, if you look at each Senate district, has two House districts inside it. So in, in the, so for example, Bo Biden Senate district, his two House members are myself and Mark Kinner. And so the solution that we found, I think, wasn't perfect, but I think it was pretty good. I think it, it really addressed the concerns was we take that story part, that gets moved into Barry's house district, right? But instead of that going into Dave Kinski's district, that stays in Bo's district, right? Because Dave Kinski's two house members are Mark Jennings and Barry Crago. So what we did was the term we use is we unnested the districts. And so that was a way that we could kind of address the population issues from the house maps and be pretty close to within the target range uh, across both Senate and House maps. And so it wasn't the perfect solution, but I think it's, it was a good workable one. So. And we'll, we'll certainly see the outcome uh, during sure. this year's election. For sure. Now, uh, I've only got about three minutes left, so I, yeah, yeah. I, and I want to give you about two minutes to say what you'd like to say. But just real quick, do you have a platform uh, sure. this year? Sure. One of the biggest things I'm running on, or the biggest thing, is this property tax issue. It really is a concern. There are folks in my district who are well off who can pay that. Good for them. The reality is this is something that can really squeeze middle-class families and senior citizens in certainly in my district and across the state, and the legislature has to do something. I think the top uh, solution is transitioning to acquisition-based, but we need to do something, and that's that's one of my top things I'm talking about on the campaign trail, and that's going to be one of my top priorities in Cheyenne next session. And now you've got uh, about two minutes. Go ahead and just uh, tell the public whatever you'd like. <laughs> well, I, I guess I've been incredibly fortunate to be serving in this position the last couple of years. It's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. You know, I think kind of doing offense and defense, protecting, you know, our constitutional rights, the Second Amendment, those kind of things, but also looking forward into the future. What kind of future, economic future, do we want? 
that's one of the biggest issues. And this is not just this next session. This is one of the you know big picture things that I'm working on. I think that we as a legislature have to figure out is what kind of economic future do we want for our states? Fossil fuels are amazing, and we need to have a two-pronged approach of continuing to encourage and protect our legacy industries, which I'm proud of having a record of doing, but also thinking about how do we get more Weatherbees here? How do we get more Vacutex, the EMITs, these people who create these jobs in our communities? Because jobs in the economy, that's it. That's the magic sauce that makes an entire thing happen. If you only have really rich people and really poor people and no middle class, that's not a thriving community. We need to make sure that we – I'm very thankful that Sharon's doing a great job – but as a state and as a community, how can we continue to shape our economic future and to make sure we're a viable place to, to live, work, and raise a family? That's uh, it. Representative, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sure it is. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. It's time to get on the road and enjoy some beautiful Wyoming landscape. But are your tires in good shape? Hi, this is Chris Hayden with Hammer Chevrolet. If you need new tires, come in and see us. We carry brand name tires like BF Goodrich, Bridgestone, Continental, Dunlop, Firestone, Goodyear, Hankook, Michelin, Pirelli, Uniroyal, and more. Provide us with a better price at the time of purchase and we'll match it. Find a better price within 30 days of the purchase and we'll refund the difference. You don't need to wait for a tire sale with our price match guarantee. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Alger. They're not just there at tax time. Cloud Peak Accounting's professional staff is available year-round to help you with your business accounting, personal records, and ranch accounting, too. With their easy-to-use website, it's easy to do business with them, and they're currently accepting new clients. Don't have time to come in to meet with them? Don't worry. You can even do business with Cloud Peak Accounting from the comfort of your own home. Visit cloudpeakcpa.com. Is it time for a career change? McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan and Buffalo are currently looking to fill shift management positions that pay up to $18 per hour, and you can work today and get paid tomorrow. Improve your life with a new career. Benefits include IRA contributions, health insurance, paid vacations, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and up to $18 per hour. Apply today in person for a shift management career at McDonald's in Sheridan in Buffalo. Sheridan County School District 2 is looking for a hard-working, dependable, and positive individual to join the Sheridan High School team as activities custodian. Hours vary, but will not exceed 40 hours a week, including weekday and weekend events. Starting wages $16.40 to $18.50 an hour, depending on experience. Benefits include medical, dental, and vision insurance, 10 sick leave days, 12 vacation days, and 19 paid holidays per year. To learn more or to apply, please contact the district office at 307-744-7405 extension 52 the City of Sheridan Weeding Pest Division would like to announce that mosquito fogging will begin starting the week of June 20th and continue through the mosquito breeding season. Fogging will take place Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings when necessary. For more information to report heavy concentrations of mosquitoes or to request that your home be in a no-spray zone, please call the mosquito hotline at 307-655-8297 or visit the website at SheridanWY.gov. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K-R-O-B,